Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joey Nelson from Christ Temple Church's Young Adult Ministry Community. Each week we're going to upload the message from our Wednesday night service in hopes that we can help build your faith, uplift you in your walk with Christ, and as Proverbs 27:17 says, to help iron sharpen iron. So enjoy this week's message. Well, I am so excited to be teaching tonight. Um, I didn't realize how long it's been since I've taught in here, but um, I'm honored. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, I actually had something that God laid on my heart a week ago, and I had been planning for it, and then I realized in the middle of the day today, he said that was for you last week. That is not for them tonight. So I said, okay, God, what do you have for us tonight? And... Instantly, he spoke to me and gave it to me. So that's where we're going. You ready to go? Say, let's go. All right, so I want you to, if you have your Bibles, if you have your notebooks, get them ready. But um, you have a piece of paper and something to write with on your, on your chair. If you don't, there's some up here on this little table. Just raise your hand and we'll get it to you. But get your piece of paper and uh, your pencil or pen. You have some work to do. She's like, oh, that's great. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Just for a second. You're going to write two things on your paper. First thing that you're going to write, I want you to think about it first, and then when you know it, you can write it. What is a major circumstance or situation that you're facing right now? No one is going to see this paper. I will not see this paper. Only you will see this paper. So even if it just has one word on it, you know what that situation is. So I want you to write that down. It could just say work. It could say marriage. It could say past, uh, whatever that thing is. A major circumstance or situation that you're currently facing. And then the second thing I want you to write, and I'll give you all like a minute if you're still thinking. Uh, the second thing is what miracle means the most to you? could be biblical, personal, one you've heard a pastor share before, one you heard a friend share. Uh, it may have nothing to do with you. But when you hear the word miracle, what is a miracle that you would say means the most to you or encourages you when you think of it. I want you, you don't have to write the details. Again, no one else is seeing this. Just write a key word of the miracle and a key word uh, in the, of the situation. And when you're done, you can fold it up and put it away in your pocket, in your purse, in your Bible, whatever. All right, so 
Uh, if you're still thinking, that's fine. I'm going to move on. I'm going to pray really quickly for this message and for the room and for all of you that are in the room and all of you that will be listening on the podcast later. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. I thank you, Lord, for those that you have called to this moment. Father, I pray over this word that uh, you help me deliver it properly. And Lord, that I hear it as well. It is not just for everyone in this room. It's for me as well. So Holy Spirit, reside in in us in this room i pray father that any distractions have to go in jesus name and that you get the glory from this that we learn from it and we can be better from it in jesus name we pray amen Amen. and the babies are not a distraction i will hold them while i talk if i need to i love it no 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 those babies stay in here yes okay so stick your paper away if you if you uh whenever you finish all right so the first Scripture that we're going to go to is Matthew 14. So if you've got your Bible, go to Matthew 14 for me or get it out on your phone if you want to, or you can just listen to me as I read it. Where's my Bible? I think it's in our office. I can pull it up on my phone. Same words are on the phone as in the Word, right? In the Bible, actual Bible. No, it's fine. All right, Matthew 14, we're going to go to verse 22. Uh, All right, so this is a story of Jesus walking on water. Okay, so I'm just going to read this really quickly, and then we will talk about it. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him onto the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So the crowd it's talking about is when he fed the 5,000. This is right after, literally right after, the miracle of the fishes and loaves happened. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable, a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him, Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage or be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed onto the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So, after reading the scripture and understanding what the Lord was revealing to me today, I asked him why I had never noticed what he had just revealed to me. And, you know, I've read this passage many, many times. And then the scripture in John 6 where it says, um, I am the bread of life. He reminded me of that scripture. So no matter what your spirit is needing at that moment, his word will satisfy. His word will satisfy. It's living. It's alive. It's the bread of life. Amen? Amen. So most of us are familiar with this passage of scripture because Jesus walks on the water. That's an amazing miracle. Even in children's church and veggie tales. And all of you know, every time I speak, I mention veggie tales. 
You know, I believed every detail of those, those stories. I thought that's actually what the Bible said when it was like little details, you know, the slushies in Jericho and all that stuff. I thought all that was real. But um, this is so, a story we've always heard, but there's so much more to this story in the details besides him walking on the water. After one of the biggest miracles recorded with the fishes and the loaves, Jesus sent the disciples ahead, told them he'd catch up later, and he dismissed the crowd, and then he went up to the mountain to pray. That's what the word says. Verse 24 says that the wind caused the waves to push the boat far out while Jesus was up on the mountain praying. So the disciples did what Jesus made them do board the boat and head to the other side during the night. But it didn't say that they rode as fast as they could to get out there or that this raging storm, you know, tossed their boat to and fro and tried to make it to the other side in the midst of the storm. That's a different Bible story. Um, it just said that they got on the boat and then Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. Have you ever been waiting on the Lord and the wind of a storm of life seems to push you farther out or away from the comfort of your contentment. I know I have. Have you all? You're waiting on God. You may be obedient on assignment. But the storm seems to come. Even if you're on assignment from the Lord, just like the disciples were, they obeyed. They did what he said. He didn't say, maybe you guys should go ahead and go. He said, get on the boat and go. So they did. I'll catch up with you all later. Doing exactly as the Lord instructed. So I'm wondering, as I'm thinking about this story and I'm picturing it happening, I'm wondering if the disciples even realized how far they had gotten while they were, it was nighttime, they were probably sleeping. I wonder if they even realized how far they had drifted because sometimes it's not always a raging storm. Sometimes it's a steady wind that causes the waves to push the boat if you know what I mean. Yeah. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Okay, this is the first time I've ever used a whiteboard. Don't judge my handwriting. It's terrible. All right, so first thing I want you to do is write the word boat. Joey and I are both left-handed, which is pretty cool. Okay, then you're going to write the word waves underneath it. And then under it, you will write the word wind. So lots of scriptures, I'm talking Romans 9, 1 Thessalonians 4, Genesis 2, all indicate that God, when God created humans, he formed them as earthen vessels, right, to be filled with his spirit destined to honor, destined unto honor and glory. It's pretty simple. So what is another word for boat that we use? Vessels, right. So I've never done this. I feel like I'm teaching, like I'm teaching little kids. I'm sorry if it feels that way. I'm a mom of four at home all day long, so that's just where we are. So, vessels. Also, if I spell things wrong, y'all know I'm the world's worst speller. So, a boat, another word for a boat is vessel. So, moving on, I mean, that's pretty simple, so there's really nothing more to that, but moving on, as I was reading this scripture, the commonly used phrase came to me. When something, like, let's say, when they surprised me with a party, I felt this wave of emotion. Interesting. So waves, to me, mean emotion. Felt a wave of emotion. <clears throat> um, you know, the internet never lies. So according to Google, 
Uh, one of the most often used cliche similes is a wave of emotion. Like recorded, written in books and everything. That is like the number one uh, simile is a wave of emotion. So emotions can be the driving force in decision making if they're not under submission. Can I get an amen in this church? <clears throat> so in our home, even in the past few weeks, every single day, the thing that I have been saying, why are you laughing? Stop laughing. Something that I have said so many times to the point of yelling it, which makes no sense, I completely like negate what I'm doing, is saying, you're the boss of your emotions. <laughs> While I'm like emotional, I'm, like screaming at them, the kids, the kids are losing their minds and I'm like, you're the boss of your emotions. You're... And then I get to the point, I'm like, you're the boss of your emotions. Calm down, stop being so angry with your sister. And they're looking at me like, you're freaking out on me. Like, what's the problem here? Um, but it's a reminder for us as well, just as much as it is the kids. And it's so funny because Pastor Chuck said this on Sunday morning. He had the whole church repeat it. You're the boss of your emotions. I'm the boss of my emotions. If you were here, you might remember that. And <clears throat> I was like, man, that's so true. That's what I mean. I looked at Joey. I said, this is what I've been saying at home every day. He's like, I know, that's crazy. Let me tell you something. Feelings are fleeting. Your feelings are not facts. Right. You cannot base decisions on how you feel. You cannot make big life important decisions based on how you feel. You have to look at the facts, right? So although it feels natural to our flesh, Jesus never said to let our circumstances guide our feelings. He never said that. The enemy will find our weakness and he'll exploit it. We are meant to live inside out, not outside in, right? So that's really all that I, <clears throat> this is a big one. This is a really, really big one because you can justify it. You can have 15 different reasons to justify why you're angry or why I'm so frustrated or why I'm so sad. You can justify it, but you do not have to glorify it. Pastor Chuck says you better crucify it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't justify what you should crucify. Mm -hmm. can, yeah. yeah. And two weeks ago, Pastor Chuck also talked about feelings and the flesh. Uh-huh. We'll go back and listen to those, uh, mm -hmm. those services for sure. So, um, yes. So, all right. So now let's move on to wind, all right? I think of the wind in this passage of scripture as the why. Why was the boat far away? It seems pretty simple once you break it down. Why was the boat far away? Because of the wind, right? It says that the wind caused the waves to push the boat. And it doesn't even make a big deal about this part. This was literally just setting up the scene of the story. But the Lord is never going to waste a verse. There's a reason that book is only as big as it is. And every word in the book means something. It matters. So if it gives you d details of a story, do not take those details for granted. The Lord has something to teach us in every detail of the word. So what if our circumstances are out of control? Maybe it's the consequences of our poor choices, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a why do bad things happen to good people kind of thing. Whatever your why may be, and however long you've had this why, don't let 
what's wrong with your why affect what's right with your God. I'll say that again. Don't let what's wrong with your why affect what's right with our God. So, we're going to write why by the wind. So, the wind caused the waves to push the boat far away enough for Jesus to perform a miracle that tested their faith. Those that are listening later are not going to be able to see this, and that's fine. They'll get it, though. But, please bear with me. I usually never, ever do this, but there's a reason. The wind, and you can write this if you want. The wind caused the waves to push the boat. I'm not going to write the rest, but the wind caused the waves to push the boat far enough away for Jesus to perform a miracle that ended up testing their faith. So I'm going to underline wind, waves, and boat. Typical left-handy. I smeared half of what I wrote. So, the wind caused the waves to push the boat far away enough for Jesus to perform a miracle that tested their faith. If the why, right here, let's say our why is our circumstance or our situation. Situation. Wow, that looks terrible. All right, so if the wind is our situation or our circumstance, Let's switch these three words with what the Lord has shown us these really mean, all right? The circumstance caused my emotions to push me, the vessel, I'm the vessel, right? We are the earthen vessel. So if the circumstance causes my emotions to push me far away from him, it may feel like I'm too out of reach. But it's nothing more than an opportunity for Jesus to do a miracle like he did with Peter walking on that water that will test and increase my faith as all miracles do. It's almost like this hidden code in this story. And it's so cool how he's like, hey, when circumstances come, don't let your emotions push you farther away. And if they do, your emotions are legit. Your emotions are real. God gave us emotions. You know, don't, don't turn on your emotions, but you are the boss of your emotions. <laughs> you are. You're the boss of your emotions, and you have to put those emotions under submission, right? So if your circumstance causes your emotions to push you far away from him, hear me. You're not too far gone. You're not backsliding, and you're a sinner now to where... God can't hear you and you can't hear him. That is a religious lie. Do not buy it. It's nothing more but an opportunity for Jesus to walk on the water of your situation and do a miracle that will test and increase your faith. So let me prove that. John 20, we're going to go to John. John 20, 30 says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even written in this book. But these that are written are here so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So what that's saying is that there are so many more miracles that Jesus did. They didn't even make it in the book, but the ones that did are for what? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
The miracles that Jesus performed help us believe in him, even in the most unbelievable situations. And I know that the Lord directed me in this area because there are some unbelievable situations in this room with this age group. Unbelievable. And I think that the Lord just wants to highlight to all of us that if he did it before, he'll do it again. We can sing it on Sunday with the choir and the lights and the robes and the whatever, but listen to what we're singing. If you did it before, you can do it again. You are declaring to the situation, to every enemy around that is trying to take you out, that if he did it before, he can do it again. Increase my faith, God. Increase my faith. You did it before, you can do it again. Sometimes you have to do that for yourself. Stop waiting on the worship leader and the pastor to increase your faith for you. No one's going to work harder for your healing and your freedom more than you're willing to work for yourself. That's right. It is not their job to deliver you. It is your job, your, your task, your action to do it for yourself. Jesus already paid the price, and he deserves our freedom. Amen? Yeah. So we all know John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was in prison and he couldn't be with Jesus to see the work and the miracles that Jesus was doing, he only got secondhand reports of what was happening. John needed his faith strengthened, so he sent word to Jesus asking if he really was the long-awaited Messiah. And I love this. Jesus did not send back a response that was just, yep, (laughs) or sure am, or yes and amen. He didn't send that. Guess what he sent? Guess what his response was back to John the Baptist? His response was the miracles and the work being done. He said, tell him, tell him the stories. Tell him what's happening. Tell him the miracles. That's, that was his answer, was testifying of the miracles that, was, that were happening. The reports of the miracles, no doubt, strengthened John the Baptist's faith while he was in prison. So Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. We've always heard faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I mean, I could recite that in my sleep. But what does that mean? Faith comes by hearing, and then hearing comes from what? What is hearing? If you say, I just feel like I can't hear the Lord. I just feel like I can't hear him if he's speaking to me. It tells you right here. And hearing comes by the word of God. I think I posted that recently. If you become familiar with his voice, it's because you're reading his word. You are familiarizing yourself with what his voice sounds like because his word is his voice. It in turn helps you know that when when you're hearing a voice speak to you, and sometimes it sounds like your own voice. We've been teaching that for months now. That's the enemy. When it sounds like your own voice, you're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. Don't you, don't you feel anxious right now? You're usually scared by now. All of that stuff. The, none, the Lord is not the author of chaos and confusion, so there's your answer. But when you're hearing a voice, reading his word helps you know immediately whether it's God speaking or the enemy speaking because you recognize what his voice sounds like. They sound similar sometimes, but the devil's just an imitator. He's not a creator. He only imitates. So be encouraged. Anyway, when the disciples started freaking out from seeing Jesus walk on the water, I love this. He said, be of good cheer. Be happy. It's just me. Chill. It's just me. I love that. There's something about joy that dispels the enemy. He didn't say, stop, 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 stop. It's just me. 
He didn't say that. He said, be of good cheer. Be happy. It's just me. It was a good thing. What is it about joy that dispels the enemy? And when I say dispels the enemy, immediately fear came. Fear was there. And he said, be of good cheer. So when you feel that coming on you, and we say, choose to praise. That's why. Choose to praise. You start feeling afraid, don't call your pastor. He's not your source of joy. He can help you. She can help you. But they're not your source. He is your source. You choose to praise. Your praise and your worship's your weapon against the enemy. And that will change things. It will change the atmosphere that you're in. It will change everything. So when he, when he showed up walking on the water and he said, be of good cheer, Peter questioned right away. How many of you all had, know that the Lord spoke to you or the Lord answered you right away, but you questioned immediately? But was this really God? But was this really you? Or are you rationalizing how it could not, all the ways that it couldn't be God? I know I do that sometimes. Try to rationalize, okay, well, they could have told them this, and then they could have told them this, and then they could have been the ones that supplied it, and they're not telling me, and they're remaining anonymous. When really, God just wanted to pour out his favor on me, and I just need to not question and be thankful. You know, that's just one example. He questioned right away. And notice in verse 28, in verse 28, he said, prove to us another way that it's you. Prove to us another way that it's really you and you're not a ghost. He said, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus simply said, okay, come. All right, come on. Here's what stuck out to me. When doubt and unbelief arise in the middle of a difficulty, even when you're on an assignment from the Lord, how many of us ask the Lord to take us deeper into the unknown to prove that it's really him? That's basically what Peter did. Peter didn't say, uh, start flying in the sky so we know that it's really you. Or go underwater for 20 minutes and we know that you're really who you say you are because you can do miracles. We've seen you do it. He didn't do that. He said, command me to come out there where you are. I've never, ever asked God to take me deeper into a hard thing to prove that it's really him. Have, has, I mean, honestly, has anybody? Usually my prayer is, Lord, just make this storm pass or deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. That's usually what I ask the Lord to do when it's a hard thing. I never say, take me deeper to prove that it's really you. Verse 30 says that once Peter was actually walking on the water to Jesus, which in and of itself is a miracle, okay? He got out of the boat and started walking on the water himself. And he's not the Messiah. He can't do miracles himself, but he was walking on the water just like Jesus was. And his attention shifted. My Bible, not the version I have on here, but my actual Bible says the boisterous wind. Some of yours probably says that. His attention shifted to the boisterous wind, and he began to sink. So when I look at the word boisterous, I think of the words loud, rowdy, right, just crazy. Um, when our circumstances get loud and boisterous, rowdy, crazy, we have a decision to make. And here's the deal. Joey and I are always here for you. We will always be here for you. Even if we are no longer doing this, we love you and we're in your corner. 
Pastor Chuck's the same way, I can guarantee you. But there's something about each of us taking a hold of the promise of God, the call that's on our life, holding it, saying, enemy, you're not taking this, and being able to, in the middle of the night, when, when an unclean spirit comes to your house and tries to torment your children, tries to torment you, there's something about having this, you're not coming after me, thing come over you. We cannot provide that for you. Pastor Chuck cannot provide that for you. Even if you're alone all the time, we cannot provide that for you. But let me tell you, I need an organ in this church. I know someone who can. I said, I know someone who can. I feel church coming up and I wish it was on the keyboard. I know someone who can. And so do you. That's the thing. He's already in you. He's already, he saved you. He's already in you. You're convinced. By something that's not him. Right. That you can't. And I am so sick of seeing strong women and strong men walk timid and in fear because they bought this lie that they can't, that they never will. Go ahead and testify. I'm about to do a lap in this room. We had just been going through what, you know, you think at first is just normal changes with your kids, but something dropped in my spirit that I just knew that it wasn't. She, like, has never slept through the night, and recently she had been waking up at 3 a.m. every night. Rosie just come in our room having nightmares and just scared. Well, the other night she woke up, had been up a lot. I was at my person's point. I kind of had a weak moment, and I was like, why, Lord? I'm about to have a newborn. I haven't got to get any type of sleep before bringing this newborn, and I'm going to be up with a newborn once he's here. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't, you know, let fear come into my heart or anything, but we kind of got it together. He decided to take her. I left the bedroom, went to sleep with Rosie in her room, and I went into this dream because I get, I get dreams. And um, I had woke up, and it was same layout it was the same night i was sleeping with rosie he was sleeping with her and there was just like this darkness in the room and i felt the need to get up and start casting it out so in my dream i was casting it out and i had him come in and read bible verses and then there was just this moment of like calm and stillness and like this light that came over their door and instantly i knew that it was gone so I woke up, I immediately went into the bedroom, woke him up, I told him, I said, bring Rosie in here. We all four laid in the bed. We prayed over them, prayed over all of us. I was probably up the rest of the night, and I didn't exactly tell him about it until hours later that morning. And um, quick, while she was having that dream, I was actually praying out loud in the room. Uh, and, and when I checked my phone, it was three-something in the morning when all this was going on. So then um, I was just kind of praying about it to the Lord to just drop clarity into my spirit of what that was. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it wasn't a dream, Mm -hmm. like, you know, just a fake dream. And so um, that next day we um, 
for going to bed, we anointed the room. We played worship music in there. We prayed over them. He anointed the whole house, and they slept through the entire night. There you go. It's been good since. There you go. Amen. And at first, we had that moment of we need to talk to someone at the church. Right. We had to quickly remind ourselves that he has given us that authority. Come on. That's part of the enemy trying to come in to make us think that we don't have that authority to do so. Yeah. Religion will tell you that you're not holy enough to get it out. The key, the key to activated authority is obedience. Yeah. Like, and that's what y'all did. You, he quickened you. You heard it just like when, when, uh, was it Samuel? Hmm? When the Lord was calling Samuel. Mm-hmm. And he, he finally went and, and Eli said, if he calls you again, go. Mm-hmm. And, and he did. Yeah. You guys listened and you... And you heard what he was saying. You didn't take time to doubt it. You just let him mm-hmm. lead, and you did what he called you to do. Mm-hmm. If you do that more often, if we do that more often, yeah. Yeah. watch him get untapped. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. also not fall into the, because there's almost like this guilt of like, oh my gosh, we're not doing this enough, and that's why it happened. Mm-hmm. But remember, we're always protected. It just sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be other people that, you may let into your home or other people that say things because there's family that just, you know, there's word curses. Oh, yeah. Word curses, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we speak those word curses most of the time over ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to, you know, do what she did. I'll never. I'll always. Um, for as long as I live, I'll whatever. And if you know that you've done that, all you have to do is say, I break that word curse in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. I renounce the spirit of fear, anxiety, name it. It has a name yep. and tell it where to go. Tell it to go and don't ever come back. I've had to take and write it down. So I know what I'm praying for. Yeah. There's nothing then, wrong with writing I it down. And burn it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about um, how we have a decision to make, we can take our eyes off of him just like Peter did. He took his eyes off and noticed what was happening, said that he noticed the wind. What is the wind? Our situation. Said Peter took his eyes off Jesus and noticed the boisterous wind, our situation. Take your eyes off Jesus, keep them on your circumstance and your situation, and you will sink every single time. If we focus on what should be under our feet, we will sink with it. Or, ending with hope, we can keep our eyes on the Savior and be a miracle that increases faith for generations to come. Just like these miracles. When John the Baptist needed an increase in faith, what did Jesus send him? He didn't send him a, you got this. He sent him miracles, testimony. Because what does Revelation say? That... The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You testify that miracle. You testify, even if it seems like a little miracle to you, that is prophesying. If he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it before, he can do it again. Let that be what resonates in the atmosphere, not your doubt and the wind of your circumstance. So I want you to get out your piece of paper that you wrote at first. Nobody's going to see it but you. Get out that piece of paper from when we first started that you wrote your two things on. And I want you to look at it. We wrote down 
Let me see. We wrote down a major circumstance or situation that you're facing right now. So if you came in late, just maybe think of it. A major circumstance or situation you're facing currently and a miracle that means the most to you, personal or biblical one that when you think of it, it um, brings life and encourages you. So I want you to look at the things that you wrote down. Okay. I want you to look at the situation that you wrote. Actually look at it. Look at that situation. Now look down at that miracle. Let that miracle increase your faith just like it did with John the Baptist. Let that miracle increase your faith, not just right now, but every time you feel the wind of your situation rocking your emotions with waves that pushes you away from the Lord. It literally pushed their boat away from Jesus who was praying. But they did what Jesus said. That's the thing. They weren't being disobedient. They were obedient and got on the boat like he said. But the wind caused the waves to push their boat towards where they were heading. Come on, let me me Uh just stop there. They were actually supposed to be heading across the lake. So they were going where Jesus was telling them to go. They weren't in disobedience at all. So if you gave him your yes and your on assignment, Maybe you're not being disobedient. Maybe you are being obedient and you're on assignment. But the wind of a situation is pushing your boat and you're getting discouraged and he comes and he does a miracle. And you say, I don't know if this is really you. If you're like me, the first thing I do is, I don't know if this is really God or if this is just my emotions or if this is just, I try to rationalize like I said before. What did Peter do? He said, have me come out to you. Command me to come out to you to prove that it's really you. Step out. Say, Lord, this is going to be my prayer. And I want this to be, I'm going to pray this over you. Lord, if you need to take me deeper to turn this situation into a miracle, do it. If you need to take me deeper in this thing, as I'm on assignment to wherever you're taking me, do it. So it can be a miracle that will increase my faith that I can share and increase others' faith that will be that testimony. I set an alarm so I didn't talk over. (laughs) So... I'm going to pray that over you all. And if you have a situation right now, and you may say, I am in a situation because of my bad choices. This is not an assignment from the Lord. It's because I'm I'm in the middle of a consequence. Because all of our choices have consequences. Some are good, some are not good. But our God is a redeemer. He will not only redeem you, but he will redeem the time stolen. I definitely felt that just now. I've never heard you before. I'm not, not shocked because I knew that you had got anything. It's really good. I got it on Well, praise the Lord. It's for me too, sister. I'm going to pray over you all and over myself because I know personally I'm on assignment from the Lord in many different areas. Sometimes it's not just one. Sometimes You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's at work, and then you go home, and it's at home, and then you go around family, and you're on assignment there. He's not going to waste time, and he's not going to waste time while you're sleeping either. He's not going to waste a third of our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. He'll speak to you in your dreams. If you can wake up and remember the details, write it down. But I digress. I'm going to pray over you all. Then you're welcome to get your kiddos, bring them back down. I'll say this. Next week is actually Valentine's Day. We will be here. 
So on Wednesday, if you all want to come to community, we will be gathering in here. And if you want to bring something sweet or whatever, and I'll have goodies for everybody. And we'll just celebrate love because love. So that's what we're going to do. But I'm going to pray over you all and pray a prayer of blessing and covering. So I want you all just to bow your heads with me. You can keep that paper as a reminder, or you can throw it away. You can do whatever you want to with it. But I pray that there was an awakening of an area of your life where you see that just the testimony of that miracle can get you through that situation. It can get you through that situation. The God we serve is is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. Let his loving kindness be what carries you because it's not impossible. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your people that are in this room and listening online, that they have a desire for your heart, a desire for your glory to be in the earth. And Lord, I pray that they have a, a greater hunger and desire to know you, to hear you, to feel you, God. Lord, that they set aside all the things that so easily beset them. Keep their eyes on you, Jesus, so that the situations, the wind does not take their eyes off of you and they begin to sink. Father, I pray for a supernatural focus of our eyes on you. Jesus, your word says that you have eyes of fire. May we always be looking for the eyes of fire. You are where our help comes from, God. Nothing else will satisfy. It may feel good for a second, but it will not satisfy. Your word will satisfy the hunger, Lord. Your promises, they are yes and amen over your people. I pray for hope in Jesus' name. I pray for love that, that completely covers Love that covers, a peace that passes all understanding, and a joy that would be their strength in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Take our situation and make it a miracle. Make it a miracle to share and testify and bring you glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Love you all. You're welcome to grab your kids. Hey, I just want to thank you for listening to this week's message. If it encouraged you, share it with someone. We all are on this Christian walk together. We're a body of believers that should be strengthening each other. So if it touched your heart, share it with someone else. If you want to become a part of community, we meet every Wednesday night at 730 after worship at 2400 Johnstown Road. Christ Temple Church in beautiful Huntington, West Virginia. We would love to have you a part of our service, and we'd love to meet you. But most importantly, just make sure, reach out if you're in need of prayer or if you just need more community.